Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 115 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Yes, we can. This is Chris. <laughs> I was hoping you were also going to say, move that bus. That's uh, that's yours. I know. So I prioritize. When both of our characters have a good catchphrase, I prioritize mine. That's fair enough. I also have to make an apology. Go ahead. My intro uh, during our Harry Potter episode, well, I mean, uh, what did we do last week? Was it Harry uh, Potter? Two no, weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. I did the Dementor I, versus uh, yes the Dementor. Yeah. I said Expelliarmus as my intro. Uh-huh. I realized I said that in a previous Harry Potter related episode. So you repeated Professor Sprout versus somebody Samwise Gamgee. Okay, thank you. Yeah, oh. I repeated the intro, and I'm really upset about that. That's not like you. Well, it is a little bit because it's 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 it was lazy, so that's on brand. But <laughs> uh, I do I do strive for uniqueness of my intros. And so. I just I just didn't realize I would have done that before. So this is your pack to uh, to really apologize for. for yeah, I just wanted to up. apologize to the to the fans of the show and for ca- letting them down. And in case if there was anyone listening who heard that said, "Hey, Chris, Chris said that. Chris like said that. Ago. Can't say that again." <sighs> it's all right. We'll, we'll we'll get by. No problem. Thanks, Steve. Hey, Chris, I wanna I wanna thank your daughter actually right now. Oh, okay. Um, Lucy, you're you're a little young to be listening to this show, but um, she today. And I think you saw her do this. Uh, she turned on my Xbox, my Xbox 360. Yeah, she found she likes to press buttons. And the last time I was playing my Xbox 360, it was about four years ago. And I was playing the original 2004 Battlefront, which was for the Xbox. And the Red Ring of Death came on. And anybody who owned an Xbox 360 knows exactly what I'm talking about with the Red Ring of Death. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I envy you because you're very, very lucky. So when I got the Red Ring of Death, I turned it off and I swore never to ever turn it on again because <laughs> I was terrified that I would never be able to get the disc out and everything like that. But for some reason, I just always kept it on my entertainment center. Today, she pressed the button and it was green and it gave me like a new hope in life. So after you guys left, I put batteries in my controller, I hooked it up and I played some Xbox 360. Oh, I'm so happy to hear it was, that. It was very enjoyable. It, it sounded as though I had a lawnmower running in my living room, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. So I wanted to thank your daughter for uh, doing what I was too afraid to do and turn on my old Xbox 360. She, she's not afraid to press any button she finds. <laughs> she gave me she gave me the strength to say, you know what? I can do this. I hope when she listens to this in a few years, maybe she'll hear this episode and she'll be like, you're welcome, Uncle Steve. So what I need to do is that whenever I have something that's broken or I'm afraid to fix it, I'll just have her try touching the buttons. Like, if you're okay with that. Like, if I'm afraid, if, like, if I'm afraid, like, the lawnmower's not going to start, like, would it be cool if she just kind of primed it up and uh, pulled the cord? Or I'm cool with that, but it is a it is a risky, that is a risky strategy. Okay. She, uh, she'll be good at pressing the buttons or pulling things. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> okay. But it was it was uh it was very uh 
inspirational to uh to have her press the button so that way i could uh i could get back to playing my old xbox 360 so so thank you very much i'm really glad she could bring you that that joy (laughs) yeah she brought me joy uh speaking of joy chris uh you and i uh went on a little uh endeavor a couple weeks ago on a podcast that uh gave me a lot of joy we did that we yeah. were on we were we were guests on our first guest star appearance yeah and it was so much fun they rolled out the red carpet for us yeah, it really was, made us it feel was really welcome enjoyable. chris and i um we were uh, the guests on a great podcast called super bracket bros which is a podcast uh hosted by two gentlemen named uh jay and uh eli you can and, find uh, it anywhere you find your podcasts. Yeah, anywhere. We'll put a link uh, for their show in our show notes. And uh, we recorded it a couple weeks ago, but that episode actually just came out yesterday um, of the airing of this episode. And uh, they have a podcast that is, uh, I would say, similar in spirit, but uh, is is unique in its in its own way. Yes, that's a perfect description. It's uh, going off the bracket style. They do fictional characters in a bracket. A 32... A 32 roster it's not always a single character for the most part it's a single character yeah we happen to have two because we had um violet and dash par from incredibles yeah but in general it seems like it was mostly 1v1 so they start off with a 32 team bracket and every week they uh they, they do a match from it yeah and then uh, the listeners get to vote for who they think would win and uh just goes on till eventually you have the final 1v1 and then whoever wins that's the winner of that season uh they've done one season so far and they're in the middle of their second season and like chris mentioned we were on uh for an episode where they did uh violet and uh, dash from the incredibles going up against um lamillion Lamillion from my hero academia yep and um it was it was a lot of fun uh it was it was really enjoyable they were really really nice guys and uh we just had a great time just talking to them for about an hour uh about the the movies that or the the movie that we were talking about and then also the show that i think you had a little more of a background than i did would you disagree oh i'm sorry i i would uh yeah i guess you're right because i tried to watch as much as i could in research for that episode right so I ended up getting through like a season and a and a quarter before we recorded, and you had to like fast forward like a season yeah, because un- unfortunately the character didn't that they were doing didn't appear until season four, right? So I basically had to watch one and a quarter seasons and then watch two episodes mm. from season four and find all these spoilers, but that's okay. Yeah, it's still a good show. I, I enjoy the show. I mean, I, I watched I think two episodes with you to prepare, and when I watched, I really enjoyed it. That was a really good show. If anyone out there has listened to or watched My Hero Academia, you probably know a lot more than Chris and I yeah, do. Yeah, cool, cool story, cool, yeah, cool, cool story. characters. A lot of pretty typical anime tropes, like just a lot of yelling characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes place in a school, which is a very common setting. Okay. Um, but no, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I enjoyed The, the way they handle superpowers in the world is interesting. Yeah, yeah the quirks that they have. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely go and uh, give that episode a listen and all of their episodes a listen. Uh, like I said, uh, Jay and Eli were very, very welcoming. Uh, they have a very uh, friendly atmosphere. It's not hostile whatsoever. It's just it's just a fun place to talk. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I agree with what you said. It was just a, it was a friendly, fun conversation. Yeah, so hopefully we can uh, have, maybe have a collaboration with them in the future, maybe have them on, on our show. I think that would be be a lot of fun so thank you uh to uh jay and eli for having us on your show and please go and give them a listen like i said i'll put a link for their show in our show notes where you can check them out super bracket bros wherever you listen to podcasts 
Uh, Chris, we do not have a uh, fictional background this week, uh, but I do have uh, some poll numbers to go over, uh, which are always changing, as we know. Not just poll results. We also have the addition of our new poll optional question That's where right. you can add your own reasoning. That's right. Exactly. So we, uh, Chris came up with this great idea from our last episode uh, in which we did uh, Zeus versus Toth, uh, the god in uh, Greek mythology going against a god in Egyptian mythology. And uh, the poll, as of now, stands at 69.2% in favor of Zeus and 30.8% uh, going for Toth. Now, this uh, episode came suggested by listener Sebastian Hurd, and uh, Chris and I went to some crazy depths to research for for this episode. And then, like Chris said, we added that new question uh, that will be uh, on all of our polls going forward, which is, why? Why do you think this? Which I think is a really good idea. So we'll look at it. We have a couple here. I think I think we can go through yeah, what they say. You can pick it. One really made me laugh. Uh, this is this is the one I think that made yeah, you laugh. Yeah. So so one listener wrote in because Zeus Zeus couldn't just smite Toth, and Zeus has been shown multiple times that he doesn't care for the well being of his godly sons. <laughs> <laughs> so he that that was my big argument, which was probably very controversial among the listeners, where I said that Toth is basically the same as Hermes and Zeus wouldn't kill yeah. Hermes through the transitive property. Right. It was a favorites. very loose transitive property argument from Steve. Right. Classic, classic transitive That's property. That's what I was trying to do there. Um, yeah. So it's kind of debatable how much Zeus cares for his sons because I wish I had brought this up because in Clash of the Titans, Perseus is his son and he like halfway through the movie decides that he doesn't want to kill him and invites him to Olympus. But do you remember in the beginning when um, they're talking about their plan to destroy, uh, what is it, uh, Argos? Yeah. And one of them's like, oh, I think you have, like, a son living there. He's like, has he ever prayed to me? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> right. So it's like, does he really? Yeah. If it's convenient for him, he cares about his son. Yeah. So the Zeus in Clash of the Titans is a confusing character. I feel like he is not um, consistent in his morals and desires. Okay. Now, um, now you watched the sequel. I am gonna. I wanted to report that I did since this episode watch uh, Wrath of the Titans. How, the and, and what do you have to report? So I actually liked it better. Okay. Um, it's still not great, but I just think they added a little humor. Um, did you think Clash of the Titans had had uh, had some humor? A um, little. A little bit, mainly just with those uh, the extra guys who went on their journey. Yeah. I thought there were a couple of them were kind of just the comic relief. Agreed, and they they got rid of them pretty soon. Yeah. So they definitely had some more comedic characters in this. Pretty similar format where they go to like three random locations to do three random fights, and then there's a big climax battle at the end. Um, but they definitely tried to kind of uh, retcon the fact that Zeus was a jerk who tried to like kill all of humanity and make him very like a very good now. Okay. They're like, and they also tried to like say that him and Perseus have a good relationship now too hmm. even though they basically have no relationship from the clash of the titans so zeus really didn't seem like the same character so if in you a way? had only seen wrath of the titans and you never saw clash of the titans you would assume that they had a good father-son bond and zeus loved, cared about humanity and his brothers poseidon and hades which is not at all <laughs> 
did did Zeus at least have like a fight scene in Wrath of the Titans? Yes, we did get to see Zeus fight. So maybe we should have watched that one instead. He, That's my fault. I'll he was that. pretty powerful, and I wish yeah. I had watched that before our last fight. Yeah. But it looks like I'm doing good in the poll anyway. So yeah, there you go. People, uh, people I think understand. we have other people who've watched Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, so, so him and uh, – this is a pretty big spoiler alert for the movie, but I think it's decently old at this point. All right, go ahead. So him and, him and Hades have a cool team-up fight at the end where like – Zeus has like almost died and Hades like shares some power with him or something and then they like they have some cool line where they're like one like old times and then they just get up and they do like basically like a slow-mo fight where they're just like destroying all these monsters like they'll just like whoosh their hand and the monster will go flying they've, they've already like established that these monsters are like really strong and like taking out like and 20 do, humans at a time just they're just destroying hands. them huh. it was a it was like a little cheesy, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, and it was Liam Neeson and, uh, and Ralph Fiennes, so that was cool. Watching up doing that. Yeah, you got Oscar Schindler and Almond Goth from Schindler's List uh, <laughs> teaming up against one another. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so you know, definitely should have watched that one. <laughs> Probably instead of Clash of the Titans. I think not being like beholden to rewriting the old Clash of the Titans was helpful. Oh yeah, they go on their own a little bit. I think so. I don't know if Wrath of the Titans was based on anything, but. It seemed like they had some more story like freedom. Because I've I read a little bit about it. So, like, Kronos uh, is in it, right? And isn't that Zeus's yes. father? The Titan Kronos, the giant rock lava monster. So that kind of goes into a little bit of the mythology. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poseidon has, like, a very small role in the beginning. He's uh, Zeus and Hades' brother. Mm-hmm. And then Ares is in it. He's kind of the he's the more present antagonist throughout the movie because Kronos is kind of in the background. Uh-huh. Um, is Hermes in it? Uh, I don't remember if Hermes is in it. Well, if he is, then Toth is in it too. So, Oh, the other thing they retcon or kind of just change abruptly from the end of Clash of the Titans. So at the end of Clash of the Titans, uh, Zeus kind of brings back Perseus' Perseus's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Who had kind of been... Like Io Kind of died. Yeah. Yeah, Io or something like that. Yeah, Io. She like kind of died in, in the Clash of the Titans. I don't even... I don't remember. <laughs> no, she like straight up died. Yeah, right? she That one guy died. stabbed yeah, her. Yeah, she was dead. But she was also like a mortal. Because she complained about it in the beginning. She's like, I right. I like, I yeah, so it's die. like she died when it was convenient for Perseus's character, and then it was convenient for Zeus to bring her back. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so they like set up like they're going to have this loving relationship. And in the in between the movies, she has died again. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't get her back. Maybe they could have just replaced the actress. Well, because they, they did want. replace the girl who plays Andromeda. Yeah, that's, that's right. true. So they yeah. could have recast her, yeah. <laughs> well, a couple other people also said uh, Zeus is too strong. Uh, True. Because I feel Zeus's lightning bolts could easily kill Toth. He's more powerful. He has a thunderbolt. And the cream of the crop, which I feel like is the end-all argument, is the Kraken. Yes, Zeus does have, seems like some kind of influence over the Kraken's release. Yeah, that's a release. good way to put it. That's yeah. a good way to put he it. He can't like fully control its release, but... <laughs> He's involved in it? He can say release the Kraken yeah. and it gets released. So uh, <laughs> so it was interesting. So thank you all uh, so much uh, for leaving those comments. We're, we're just going to continue doing that going forward. I think that's funny to really see um, what people think for that uh for all of our fights so thank you again so much um for sebastian heard for suggesting that episode last week it was it was a lot of fun and um we uh should get ready to start today's episode you ready to go chris let's do it all right cool so please remember as always if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios or if you just like to say hello you can reach us through twitter facebook and instagram you can send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com and consider checking out our website, www.whowouldwincast.com. 
You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on iTunes so it helps us spread the word about our show. And you'll get a shout-out read live on our show. Chris, what are we talking about today? Oh, boy. I think we have a doozy of an episode <laughs> yes, today. This is a doozy. Uh, we are talking about renovating a house. Uh, and the competitors will be Bob the Builder of Nickelodeon fame and Ty Pennington of HGTV fame. Yes, yes. So um, listeners would know that this month is Listener Appreciation Month. So this suggestion comes from longtime listener of the show, Paul Dewey. Uh, so thank you very much, Paul, for giving us this suggestion. So he reached out uh, and said that we should uh, do Bob the Builder versus Ty Pennington. Uh, in some time, uh, some type of a house restoration or house building competition, and uh, we decided to kind of tweak it a little bit. Uh, and we, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be renovating a house, a very famous fictional house. And what is the house that we're going to be renovating today? Uh, the borough. The borough. And what's that from? That's from Harry Potter. Little little film you might have heard of. Yeah, it was based on a book. Yeah, a couple books. Yeah, and uh, so the borough is where the Weasleys live, and it's pretty famous for being, uh, I don't want to say... Uh, yeah, you have to choose your word carefully, because yes. the Weasleys are poor, but also magic. Correct. So their house is both uh, a, a, sh a poor shack, mm -hmm. but also amazing. Oh, super cool. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see how Bob the Builder and Ty Pennington... <laughs> Both uh, go at... Uh, so interesting. At, at what will we do? <laughs> what will we do, exactly. I wish I knew. <laughs> do you want to give some background on Bob the Builder? Wait, can I talk about or... this house first? Oh, yeah, sure, Because people might not remember it. Okay, yeah. it's been a while, because yeah. I had to look up a picture. So if you picture like a small single-story house with like a pyramid roof, mm -hmm. uh, and you could picture this house like in the countryside, maybe like with a small farm if it helps you... Uh, kind of run down, you know, dirty. Uh, and then imagine they put another house on top of it yeah. and then like another house taped it together <laughs> with like boards and nails. And then they put a, another small house on top of that. Yeah. And <laughs> I, assuming it's held together by magic. It is. I, I did find that in my research. Okay. It is held together by magic. Good. Cause it is not up to code. Oh, no, none, none whatsoever. Yeah, the zoning permits were not approved so, for this house yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's going to be trouble for our for our uh, competitors today. I'm, sure, but, I'm um, sure we'll work it out somehow. But that's the house. I I, I didn't research a, as much about the kind of magical operations of the house because I didn't so, know if they'd be as important to the renovations, but maybe they will. So what I, what I read is that it's just held by magic. And so a little bit of background about the borough is that the bottom floor – of the borough used to be a shack for pigs. Oh. And what happened is as time went on and the Weasley, some for somehow, I don't know if the Weasleys moved in there with pigs <laughs> or if it was just an abandoned pig shack. This is, I'm, I'm just going off the book. I'm not trying to make okay. them sound like dirty or anything, but um, so Molly and Arthur Weasley, the two parents, they somehow, We'll just say the pigs were out, I guess. They they were living in this, this shack, and then they started having kids. They had the seven Weasley kids, and uh, they just built up. They just went vertical, and they just kept adding layers, kind of like Chris mentioned, as they continued having kids. And it, like Chris said, I mean, there's just like poles holding things up. It's all held by magic. They have a garage, which is where they keep uh, the magical uh, car that Arthur has, they have like a chicken coop, a garden. Um, 
the location of it also changes throughout the films. I'm not sure if you remember this. Classic J.K. Rowling. Well, no, that's not J.K. Rowling. I was just joking. Oh. <laughs> she tweeted about it. She said, actually, the house magically moves. So. Oh, oh, that's only something you would know if you, you know, you, you have to subscribe and, to Pottermore. Yeah, exactly. And then she'll tweet, direct message you to yeah. tell you that, canon, that's what canon facts about Harry Potter. <laughs> so it first appears in the Chamber of Secrets novel and film. And in the, in the film, it's basically near like a woods and it has like a little river uh, next to it. And then it appears again next in the uh, Half-Blood Prince film and it's in like the middle of like a cornfield like no woods no river Hmm. whatsoever so the directors just completely decided to pick it up and move or Hmm. jk rowling just provided them insight as to how it's able to uh (laughs) it's kind of like the island from lost it just kind of yeah moves and goes wherever it wants to be uh whenever it's convenient for them uh so yeah so that's that's basically the burrow and um i guess we'll argue as to why we think it deserves an update or you know, a redo uh, in a sense. Yeah. So um, do you want to go first with uh, who you're yeah. picking? Let me tell you about Bob the Builder. Go. Oh, it's a good thing that his title is in his name. It makes it really easy to understand what he's Bob's about. a pretty common name. So you're like, oh, wait, is that the Bob who... Is that the Bob the electrician? Is yep. that Bob the clown? Bob the sewer guy? Yep, keep going. Bob the trash man? One more. Bob the principal. All right, thanks. <laughs> no, it's Bob the Builder. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, so Bob the Builder... Uh, kind of confused by the original release because it says original release of the original series was in 1998 but then it says the original network was nick jr in 2001 so one of those it came out in 1998 or 2001 not sure i was actually kind of curious as to when it came out because i was a fan of bob the builder you were i was so if it came out in 98 i was six came out in 2001 I was nine well so i'm pretty confident that it started on nick jr in 2001 Okay. What it confuses me is that it says the original release of the original series was 1998. Hmm. So it did originally. So maybe it was released on some other sh- channel. Well, and then it, Nick it originated it in the UK on a channel called CBBS. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But that's right. what it looks like. Um, but that doesn't have a separate year. It looks like it started on CBBS in the UK and Nick Jr. in 2001. Okay. But maybe it started in the UK earlier. I don't know. Not sure. Hmm. But either way. So. Um, Bob, he's a builder. He has a he has a assistant, a human assistant, Wendy. Which I which I read he later marries. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Sorry. Um There's your fun fact. But he's also helped by a, a bunch of anthropomorphic construction vehicles. So um they do various things, renovation, construction, repairs. Um the show emphasizes conflict resolution and cooperation and learning things. So it's a it's a kid's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob has the catchphrase, uh can we fix it? It was later changed to can we build it? So if you've heard either one, both are approved Bob the Builder catchphrases. <laughs> and then everyone yells, yes, we can. I don't know. Did you know that kids used to scream when he would say, can we build it? Some kids, like when they watched, would scream, no, we can't, kind of to like get back at Bob. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I actually saw that. It was either on Instagram or on Reddit, but someone posted like a nostalgia post and said, who else would watch Bob the Builder and scream, no, we can't, after he asked, can we fix it? Wow, that that just seems like... Yeah, it's pretty pretty dark. You're basically just putting Bob down, saying, no, we can't do it, Bob. No matter how hard you try, we're not going to do this. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of mean. Um, so so another thing about, about Bob the Builder... Um, Oh, it was also originally stop motion animated, which is pretty cool. 
then they have changed to a like full digital animation. I do later. remember that. Yeah, I thought the stop motion animation was pretty good. So Bob is a building contractor. He specializes in masonry. Remember that for later. It might come up. We don't know. Um, colleague Wendy, neighbors and friends, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me give you some background on some of the other characters because it's important. So you know the human characters, Bob and Wendy. And there's some other ones that I'm not going to talk about. There's like a mayor in the town and stuff like that. But it's the vehicles that are, yeah. that are more important. So uh, you got Scoop. Do you want to guess what type of ve- construction vehicle Scoop is? He's a um, digger. Yeah, a digger, a, a backhoe. Backhoe, yeah. Uh, and he's he claims to be the leader of uh, Bob's machines. I don't know what it means to be the leader. They of must them. have a really strong union. <laughs> uh, he he has some catchphrases. They are no prob Bob, and I can dig it. Applicable to his name. Yeah, another popular one is Muck. You want to uh, guess let me what? Guess. Muck. Muck is a dump truck. You are correct. He's half dump truck, and he has a bulldozer on one side. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, in construction terms, that may be called a tracked dumper. Mm. No, I think the tracks refers to his uh, the wheels he has. Uh, probably, yeah. He's a dump truck. You're right. Okay. And um, interesting fact about Muck, uh, male in the UK version, female in the US version. Hmm. Interesting. Because um, it could fit either or. Muck's catchphrases, Muck to the rescue. Okay. So that's good. It makes it seem like he's more of an ambulance or a public uh, service. Well, the, they, he, or, he and she also says, yes, yes, I love surprises. Okay. I love getting dirty. And my favorite, let's get mucky. Wow. For a kid's show. All right. Wow, Muck is... Well, there's one more. <laughs> I can dump it. <laughs> How many kids are watching that? They're like, uh-huh. Mom, I can dump it. Yep. Repeating after it. Whoa, what are you watching? So that's that's Muck, the dump truck. Lofty? You want to guess Lofty? Ooh, lofty. So you used to watch this, so you can you can really remember yeah. back to your younger days. I mean, I've been going back to my youth today, first playing Battlefront, now talking about Bob the Builder. So, uh, Lofty. Mm. I don't know. The only thing that comes in my mind is like a bedroom loft, but... Ooh, no, sorry. Lofty is a mobile crane. Oh. Yeah. Why Lofty? Uh, uh, he, he can loft things in the air. It's lo- is lo- that the lo- verb to loft? I've never- sure. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, he, he, uh, he's interesting because he's very timid and has low self-esteem. Aw. Yeah. Poor Lofty. Yeah, kind of, you kind of feel bad for him. Um, and so they always have to encourage him. So his catchers are, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Which is how he responds to, can we fix it? <laughs> he also says, lofty to the rescue. That seems like what's most of their catchphrases <laughs> is just their name and to the rescue. Only two. Seems like there's a lot of accidents happening on these work jobs, oh, Bob. There's an unbelievable amount of accidents in Bob the Builder <laughs> episodes. Unbelievable amount of accidents. Policy. I watched this very short clip where, where um... Oh, I don't know if I've talked about this character yet. I don't even know if he's a main character because it was in a later later episode, like in one of the later series, because there was a few iterations about the builder. Yes. Where, um, like, what do you call the, like a forklift? Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like driving on the grass and he, he hit a rock and he flew in the air and then got stuck in the ground, pitchforks first. Oh. And he had to be rescued. Oh. I saw... Muck there, to the rescue. Welcome so to the rescue. I'll touch on this later because a lot of Bob the Builder's building experience is... Not that related to building, but there was an episode where they actually were apparently building a house. So I tried to watch it. I never really saw them building a house. They knocked down the house like two times while they were building it. Oh boy! <laughs> just because oh they my, make just, accidents, just, just by accident, just just the just classic house? workplace accidents. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it could be like a sketch comedy show. It, you could rework it, and it could be pretty funny. All right, so where was I? I talked about Scoop, Muck, and Lofty. So f- 
from my watching, they seem to be like the main ones that are in like every episode, but I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm messing up the Bob the Builder lore. But there's there's some other construction vehicles like Dizzy, who's a dump um a cement mixer. I do remember Dizzy, because it's uh, always spinning, so that's where you get Dizzy. Catchphrase, I can mix it. They're really good. The the writers really I can verb it. Mm-hmm. Basically. And also my name to the rescue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then Rolly, who's a steamroller. Uh that loves to make up songs. You know what I think we need to do eventually? We need to do another Transformers episode, except with the characters from Bob the Builder. <laughs> how they would transform and how they would use their weapons. Oh, that'd be really good. Bob the Builder vehicles fighting each other. <laughs> That's transforming oh, vehicles. Uh, want to <laughs> guess one of uh, Rolly the Steamroller's catchphrases? Um, I'm going to roll over the competition. That's too That's too aggressive. Oh. Tone it down a little bit. Uh, r- uh, roll over. Nice try. Uh, he says, let's rock and roll. Uh, that's way better than anything I came and up with. I can roll it. Okay, it's pretty good. Yep. And th- so those are the vehicles from the original series. So if you remember more than that, you probably watched Beyond into... Those are the only ones I remembered. In Project Project Build It was one of the later mm-hmm. ones. Ready, Steady, Build. And those ones weren't claymation, correct? Correct. Yeah, they were all animated. So there's a ton more. So if you're remembering other vehicles, you know... You probably are remembering correctly because there was like a street sweeper and a cherry picker and uh, a tractor trailer, a snowmobile. All the different But vehicles. I decided just to not have like 20 different vehicles. Just stick with I'm the main four. Sticking with the, with the original. I think that's good. I which like ends it. up being like five, right? So we got, we got Scoops, Muck, Lofty, Dizzy, oh, and Dizzy Rolly. Dizzy and Rolly, so five, correct. And then Bob. Bob so and – So you, yeah. you have a team. That, that, that is one of the nice things. It is, it is when renovating a house, it's nice to have a team. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, if you, if you don't have other people to, to lean on a little bit or use their expertise, it can definitely be a, a challenge. Uh, so that's going to be something that I'm going to have to fight uphill with uh, with the guy that I'm picking. Can you with, tell us about him? Sure. So I'm going with Ty Pennington, uh, whose full name actually is Tigert Burton Pennington. Wait, what's his first name? Ty, well, so he was born Gary Tigert Burton, but he goes by Tigert Burton Pennington. Which is very confusing. How do you so, get Pennington? Ty Pennington. Can you do that? I, I you can not. just make up your last name? Yeah, you can You can change anything. Cool. Yeah. So what are you going to go with now? Um, Star-Lord Skywalker. Cool. Love it. Uh, so Ty Pennington, so he is a television host. He's a carpenter. He's an artist. He's an author, a philanthropist. He was actually a model also, and he is an actor. So he became very popular uh, on the show Trading Spaces on TLC, which ran from 2000 to 2003. But he became well-known and probably is most famous for the ABC reality series Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which is where they would basically hijack a family's house and uh, kick them out for like a week, and they would just completely remodel the house. Usually they try to pick some kind of family with uh, some sort of a sad story or who were down on their luck or just kind of needed some kind of help. And Ty Pennington and the crew would just completely... Uh, revamp the house and just try to make it their ultimate dream house in in some way. Uh, So he did that uh, until 2012. So he did that for about nine years. Um, And then they brought back Trading Spaces, which he's now currently on. And uh, so he's known for his exciting personality. He's very, very hyper. Uh, One of the things on the show that he's famous for doing, he's always having a microphone and he's always 
uh, not really yelling, but just trying to get people excited uh, for the renovation that they're doing for the house to make these people feel happy. When you use a megaphone, pretty much everything is yelling. I mean, that's how Michael Bay directs movies. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, so he that's how he gets people excited when they're doing the renovations. And he's very famous, like I said in the beginning of the episode. He would always say, move that bus. Everybody would scream. The bus would move, and then they would see the the giant house that uh, they, they, they have built for the, the, the family or whatnot. Um, so, so that's who I'm going with uh, for this fight. He has some good background. I think he's got good experience overall. Uh, though he uh, starts off his career as a carpenter, he has developed into a designer. So he does have uh, an eye for, for looks and for designs when it comes to staging houses. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting having him go up against uh, Claymation this Bob the Builder. This is going to be interesting. So you have a carpentry background. Yes. I have a masonry background. Yeah. We just need a, someone with a stone background, and we can get a wolf over here and do the, do the, <laughs> the three, three little, little pigs. pigs. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, that, so that's what we're looking for. So, so I want to start first by uh, airing Ty Pennington's Dirty Laundry. I'll start. Um, and it really has to do, I think it has to do more with the show than it has to do with Ty Pennington. So the show has received a lot of criticism because people criticize the show for, uh, promoting like white suburban norms and culture. They'll try to take someone's house and it could be like in the middle of like Nebraska and just try to make it like a suburban house that maybe really doesn't fit that area. So the show has been criticized for doing that. Um, the sh- he's also been criticized for not doing anything on any of the builds that everything that you see on camera is just an act and everybody else is doing all the hard work. Uh, one guy criticized him saying that, um, he like put like spray sweat on his face to make it look like he was sweating. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ty Pennington denies that, that he did that. So it's all like a, he, sh- he said, she said kind of thing. Uh, the show's also been criticized. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, increasing the value of the home to an extent where the people are not able to afford them anymore. So the people don't have to pay for like the mortgage or anything like that's a like, gifted to them. Like the whole house is just gifted to them. However, they still have to pay taxes on like the income of the value of that house. They still have to pay property taxes. Uh, they still have to pay utilities. So they were, they were building full houses. For, I thought they were just renovating. So, so some were renovated. Some were like just completely gutted and completely changed. So uh, it's kind of whatever up so to if what they, they did. So they could increase the value so much their taxes could increase and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. Correct. Interesting. Yes. Um, also, like there were some people who said that their utility bill used to be like 200 and then it went up to like $600. What did Ty like Pennington elect- do to that house? I think, it, I think they just made it so big that the electric bill for like air oh. conditioning and stuff. Yeah, open just, concept was big. Then. Yeah, it was it a still big, is. yeah, it's a big open concept. <laughs> uh, there were some other people who said that because of this, they uh, went bankrupt and they weren't <laughs> able to afford it anymore. One thing I did read, this is uh, the home extreme makeover side of the argument is this show was going on from 2003 to 2012. So right there you had the big housing bubble and the great recession. So extreme home makeover said that it was because these people, some of them lost their jobs because of the Great Recession, so they weren't able to continue paying for their houses. Some of these people uh, did take loans against uh, the value of their house, and they used that for investment purposes, which then the investments did not go through properly, so they lost that money, thus they lost the 
value of their house. So it does seem same thing that it's a he said, she said kind of situation where some people said that the, sh the show screwed over their life and the producer said, you guys just made hmm. bad life decisions and life just kind of hit you in the wrong way. Fascinating. Kind of I thing. didn't know there was so much backstory. They I'll should make a show about that. Of the behind the scenes of yeah, Extreme like, oh, I think extreme so, too. After the Extreme Home Makeover. Yeah. Uh, also, some uh, residents complained that they hated that happening because it would either drive down their property value or may drive up their property value, which can be good. Like neighbors they, are we talking about? Yes. Um, but they hated the like the sounds and the noise complaints and, and everything going on like that. Um, and some uh, neighbors would like be jealous and like chastise the, the new fancy house that was in a neighborhood that might not really fit. Which could then drop the value of that house if it doesn't really go with uh, the surrounding area. So, so I, I just wanted to put that out there because there's a whole list of complaints about this show and how this show was actually really bad for for the families and that they basically just milked um, the emotional aspect of people who were going through rough times or needed some kind of support, and they just used that for pure entertainment purposes. I did not know any of that. Yeah. My experience with these shows is basically watching them with my mom when I was a kid. And I just thought they were cool shows where they remodeled a home. Remodeled homes, yeah. So so what I'm going to argue is I'm going to say – so Ty Pennington, besides being on Trading Spaces, again, the reboot, he's not the star of it. He's not the host of it. He's just one of the guys that they bring in. He really hasn't done anything since Home Makeover – or Extreme Makeover Home Edition ended. Like he really hasn't. So what I'm going to say is that, this is... That could be mean. We don't know what he was doing. I mean, maybe well, he was... I shouldn't say he hasn't done anything, <laughs> but like he hasn't let a show. He hasn't, okay. you know. So I'm going to say that this is his comeback. He's just working on himself. Yeah, he was trying to make over himself. Mm -hmm. There you go. So he's done with the makeover of himself, and this is going to be his opportunity to make a comeback. And he is going to work as hard as he can to to help the Weasleys out this this family and what I'm going to say is I'm going to say that Ty Pennington is not going to use any corporate backers he's not going to rely on money from ABC uh, the Disney family nothing like that he's going to use his own personal wealth to prove that he is a good guy and everything that people have heard about the extreme makeover home edition show is not truly who he is as a person. I looked up his worth. He's worth twelve uh, million dollars. So I think he could. I don't know what the, the the transaction is with with going between that and like galleons in the Harry Potter universe. You know, uh, so the, the changeover rate, if you will. So, I, but I think he's gonna. This, this is what I would argue he would do. That's that's how he's really gonna help out the Weasley family. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool. See, that's cool. It's good. Good for him. <laughs> Good for Ty Pennington. I mean, he might not agree with me doing that, saying that he's going to do that, but he's going to do it. Is he going to bring his megaphone? Oh, absolutely. Because this is the thing. And I think this is something that uh, we're both going to have an advantage doing this. Mr. Weasley loves muggles. I was, gonna, I was literally going to talk about all the anthropomorphic construction vehicles that Mr. Weasley gets to meet. So I think that he might just find them being enchanted uh, Right. I think vehicles. they're just magically enchanted. You're yeah, right. Exactly. But um, just but being interacting with Bob, the builder, and Ty Pennington, I think he's going to think it's so cool. So I think he's going to be completely on board with this. For sure. Because yeah. he's going to be like, we can have this muggle, these, these muggles, uh, redesign our house for us. And I think Ty Pennington would really try to keep the 
magical aesthetic that they currently have, but also incorporate a muggle modern. Because that's what Mr. Weasley would love. Exactly. He would be totally on board with that. Bob was going to let him ride the dump truck. He would love driving all those vehicles. He would love driving all those. So the one thing I don't know of from the Bob the Builder universe is how those vehicles feel about having a driver. Is that like a invasion of their personal space since they are kind of uh you know sentient and yeah, it kind of seems like uh like in the in the pixar film cars like could a human get inside yeah never really cars? explored that in cars i don't know if I they'd be know. like inside their eyes yeah. that's weird yeah it is kind of weird well, i think the most of the bob the builder cars oh well now i'm second guessing it i don't think the windshields are their eyes no i think like they have like, like the separate headlight, like the headlights Some... the headlights is where their, their or... eyes would be i believe around okay there. yeah that sounds right yeah i didn't look at that many pictures <laughs> <laughs> oh so, so Ty Pennington, so I think um, what he would do is he would go into the borough and going off of all the criticism that his show received prior, how they just tried to modernize and like white sur- uh, suburbanize these houses, he wouldn't try to just completely gut it, tear it down and, you know. No, you don't know what would happen. The magical consequences well, of see, trying to tear problem. that house down. Exactly. That's the problem. You don't know what could happen. Uh, so, and you don't want to have to make the Weasleys like put up new spells that they might not know how to do in order to fit the construction uh, and design uh, methods that you're doing. So I think he would try to keep it structurally the same, but just give it like an update on the outside, an update on the inside. Uh, a lot of the kids were sharing the same rooms, so I think maybe he would try – he would offer them. He wouldn't force them to live in different rooms, but he would say like, hey uh, – you know, Fred and George, would you rather live separately or would you prefer what you're already doing? If they said that, then that's totally fine. Um, I was doing some research. And I saw uh, they had the different floors that all of the, the kids lived on. I know Percy had to live on the same floor as George and Fred. And uh, he really hated that because Even, Fred and George were always doing like explosions and stuff like that in their rooms. Yeah, but I mean, generally kids live on the same floor of a house. That's like kind of unfair to demand your own floor right well, i'm not saying he has to have his own floor but if he could be moved to a different floor then that might be sure good for him yes the weasleys have like four or five floors on this house or something right yeah they have five yeah and they also have the attic so if you count that six um so on the fourth floor or on the third floor you had bill and charlie but bill and charlie like for the most part of the books weren't living there mm-hmm. because bill was out and charlie was gone too so if you move percy to the third floor that gives him a little more space to maybe have a guest room for Bill and Charlie when they come back. Uh, Ron's room was really small, so maybe make that a little bigger too. It was also beneath the attic, and up in the attic there was a – it wasn't a troll. Oh, I forget what it, – it was a ghoul. There was a ghoul that lived up there, and it was always making noise. And, so would Ty do anything about that? Uh, so I, Ty, he wouldn't, make the, he wouldn't just make game time decisions. He would say, hey, you got this ghoul in the attic. Do you want it there? I would assume they would say no. So then he would be like, all right, goal, like serve a warrant. You're getting out of here. Let's go. Uh, they would take him out and then he would like redesign the attic into some kind of uh, maybe uh, play area for Ron or maybe Ron could even move up into the attic, have a little more privacy for himself. Okay. A couple thoughts on what you're saying. So one, I think you really yada yada over how you would remove a ghoul from the attic that they were <laughs> the, that a family of wizards was unable to remove by just quote-unquote serving him a warrant as you said <laughs> yeah so uh, you know it seems like maybe a more complicated process for ty pennington to uh, evict a ghoul also you you claimed you were going to make some of their rooms bigger how are yeah. you going to do that 
So this is this is where he's going to have to work with the with Mr. Weasley, and I think Mr. Weasley would be totally on board with this. So in the Harry Potter movies and in the films or in the books as well, there are uh, spells that can make. Uh, smaller areas appear bigger once you're inside them. Like when they go to the Triwizard Tournament, they have a small tent, yeah. which normally just looks like a small camping tent. So they go inside and it's this huge, you know, giant thing. So I think Ty Pennington would work with Arthur and say, all right, this is the size we're looking at the outside. Let's work together. What kind of spells can you do that we can make this expansive for you on the inside? So you're, you're, focusing on a lot of kind of interior designing over like straight up classical construction uh for 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 right now okay yeah all right i actually appreciate that you said you were going to try to like generally keep the charm of the house because i think i would bob would do the same thing he's not going to knock it down or anything no yeah uh what i was trying to think about is you know bob's experience which i will get more into it in a little bit is it's very it's very kid focused and the weasleys have a lot of kids and maybe some grandkids in the future and and um Maybe instead of the traditional Weasley strategy of vertical building, okay, we kind of introduce him to horizontal expansion. Okay, a little range style. Uh, maybe maybe add um, like a bigger room on for a big kitchen for the, for big family meals. Okay, uh, but but also what I was mainly going to focus on is some more kid friendly activities. Okay, maybe add maybe add a swimming pool. Oh, maybe add a little playground okay. when they're, when they're bringing their little ones over. So are these all experiences that Bob has uh, you know worked on? Okay, so here's the thing about Bob the Builder. I, I think it's important. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read you some experts excerpts from the season one episode summaries to show you the kinds of things that Bob the Builder quote unquote builds, <laughs> starting in season one episode one. All right, uh, repairing damage from a storm, including block trees, telephone lines being down, pipes and fences broken. Okay, sure, kind of building, right? Uh, episode two. Uh, helping hedgehogs and porcupines cross a busy road. Episode what what did they do? Did they like, build a bridge? It doesn't say. It's just that's all it says. <laughs> it says okay. They might have built a bridge. That would yeah. be that'd be good to know. Right. Um, episode three. One of their friends goes missing. Um, he was actually napping in a pipe. Okay. Episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Muck gets stuck in a dark tunnel, so the Bob and his friends have to help him out. Okay. Uh, episode five. Uh, Bob's called a co- caught a cold, so Wendy takes over. Uh, she helps the other vehicles finish a road, but one of them gets stuck in cement while playing football. I want to see Bob's uh, credentials. Where, where's, where's his building license? Well, he you actually know, has or? a contracting company. It seems pretty legit. Okay. I, I Oh, that was on another. I can tell you that in a minute. Okay. Let me finish the episode yeah, somewhere. That's fine. Uh, episode six. He makes a bugle out of some leftover piping. He's bad at playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode seven. So a little, so a little recycling there. Sure. You know, reusing the the old piping to make a bugle. It's, it's building in a very general sense right. of the word building. Right. Uh, episode seven. He takes part in a line dancing competition. That's it. A line a line dancing episode. Uh, episode eight. Um. Let's see. Painting a road. Painting lines on a road. Uh, episode nine. Uh, a race. To, I don't know, some type of race. He races. So Spud challenges Scoop and Travis to a race. Spud is a scarecrow, I Shouldn't believe. Shouldn't they be working? That's my point. They don't actually, like, 
I was trying to find an episode. I'm like, surely there's an episode where they built a house. It's in the title of the show. Well, it's not the house part. No, the building part. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard to find an episode where they actually build something large. So that episode 10 is Bob's birthday. They make him a cake out of concrete. Did he eat it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought that counts, Look, but I mean. There's only so much research a grown man can do on Bob the Builder before I just am like, whatever, whatever. I'll just wing it. <laughs> uh, so it seems like the purpose of this show is he's more of a relationship builder and friendship wow. builder. I think you just hit the nail on the head Yeah, to use a construction metaphor. Something that Bob has never done, it sounds. <laughs> uh, next episode. Uh, Spud steals Bob's ladder. So Bob... Uh, Builds on his uh, on Spud's, you know, ability to uh, understand personal property and respect others. Yeah, and unfortunately, Bob that got Bob got stuck on a roof when his ladder was stolen. Oh, yep, Spud. And then Muck broke the spare ladder trying to bring it to him. <sighs> Muck, it's classic Muck, right? At least he's trying to help, though. Yep. Um, episode twelve, Spud the Scarecrow is worried he might not be scary anymore, and loses his nose. So there's an anthropomorphic scarecrow too. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, I wasn't in my character list. That's okay. I just looked at yeah. the vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he can help with the, with the construction, I think I think that's fine. And finally, in the season finale of of, of season 1, the team finishes constructing Farmer Farmer Pickles's barn. That was so a good they one. Actually I built don't... a large construction project. Okay. All right, so there you go. So so you have that experience there, so you're able to to build a barn. And they do it one other episode I found in season 2, build a house. Okay. It looked pretty small, and it was the one they knocked over twice by accident. Well, so that's uh, <laughs> well, so at least they do have some experience with some small of a house because this is also the borough is a small house in a that's sense. True. They have a lot of people in a small area. How do you think Bob would do on changing anything on the inside? I'm really glad you brought that up because I'd like to talk about season two, episode two. <laughs> Bob decorates Mrs. Broadbent's new apartment. Perfect. But as he has never decorated before. He ends up making a complete mess. Oh, so do you think that the Weasleys would be understanding of Bob? Like, do you think they'd be like, oh, Bob? I'm hoping Bob will have the self-awareness to realize, you know what? I tried this before. I'm not an interior decorator. I'm just going to focus on the construction projects. I'm getting him an awesome uh, – um, Scoops is helping me dig up the, the ground for the pool. I'm putting in a nice swimming pool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fall back on my masonry background. I'll do some nice brickwork around it. Give him a good playground for the kids. Maybe a driveway for the car. He might like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think he would. I know they have a dirt one, so if you have a paved one. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Use, they pave um, his driveway. Dizzy, Dizzy could pave that out. Throw up a basketball net, and then the kids are happy. The The parents are happy. Well, they... I don't know if a basketball net. That's a muggle sport. Mr. Weasley Well, I think he that. would like that, but I think the kids would want a Quidditch, a Quidditch uh Yeah, I don't They th- did have that in the book. In the book, they had their own Quidditch pitch in the woods. Um on the side of the house because, and the Molly was okay with that because with them flying, they, she had no problem because the trees completely obstructed any views that anybody would be able to see them. Oh, uh, okay. That. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I want to add is I think that, uh, the Weasley specifically Molly Weasley is very into, um, recycling, reusing. When you see the, the Weasleys, since they are from a lower socioeconomic status, they seem to repurpose a lot of things just so that way things don't go to waste when it comes to books, cauldrons, uh, broomsticks, uh, their clothing. They, they really like to repurpose things. So I think she takes that very seriously. And even though, like, in the books, I don't know. If, did you read the books? Yeah. So do you remember in the 
third book, uh, Mr. Weasley won like some kind of like award at work and they got a ton of money and they went to Egypt. It sounds familiar. Remember that? So like when they won all that money, like they didn't let that change them. Like they really stayed to the way that they were. So though they had this opportunity to get an updated uh, newer home, I don't think they would want it to be super extravagant. So one thing I did read is um, Ty Pennington, he had this project called the Future Next Gen Project where he was trying to build a first to the future type of home where it was trying to be uh, very eco-friendly. And uh, one thing I was reading in his uh, post here, let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Um, so the past weeks were full of good stuff. Contractor meetings, demolishing duty, which you have to demolish things when you're doing reconstruction or, dem uh, you know, uh, it says green planning, etc. And I have to tell you, it's been a blast. I love knocking stuff down, but I can't wait to create and use less waste by recycling and repurposing old materials. It's so fun. So I think that Molly Weasley would really appreciate him doing that. And I think that's something that he would take great pride in too, taking all these old materials that they were uh, were originally part of the house and try to reuse it in a way that it could become something new in the house, kind of like upcycling in a way. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. I was trying to see if Bob the Builder ever like recycled anything. I found one example. It's uh, season three, I believe. Uh, Wendy is turning an old railway line into a bicycle path, and Bob is turning an old rubbish dump into a park. Okay, so, um, so that sounds so, like maybe a recycle so themed episode. Take some, yeah, keeps, I think I think the, the, kids I think the Weasleys that. would really take that and really want uh, that kind of stuff done. Now, do you think we have? So, if we're only doing this in a short time frame, do you think Bob would be able to get it done by delivery date? Because Bob has help. Ty Pennington, he's doing it by himself, which can be a little challenging. Yeah, I think I. So I picked some projects that I think would uh, I'd be assisted with greatly by my machinery, like digging a hole for the for the pool mm -hmm. and then because of his experience in masonry he's doing the brickwork and then uh i don't know if one of them can put together a playset or not that seems like maybe a little tricky for a construction vehicle <laughs> yeah, with no wendy can do that, that. Oh, there you go you can hire wendy to bring it coming <laughs> there, yeah i would say that for ty pennington he would offer for the weasleys to help and it's not that he's trying to use their labor for free i think what he would try to do is say this is your home here's your opportunity to help make it truly your own with your own updates. And he can kind of guide them with how to do some of the, the work themselves. Now, maybe what would also be really cool too, is that he has um, the kids work on each other's bedrooms. So that way it's the kids showing appreciation for each other. So you have Jenny working on Ron, you have Ron working on Percy, Fred working on Charlie, whatever. Um, so that way also the kids can be surprised when, when the, the bus rolls away and they say, move that bus and, and they get to unveil it for them to see that way they're still participating in it, but they can also have a little bit of a surprise as well. That's a really good idea. I wasn't going to, I was going to let them have a vacation while I'm doing their construction. I wasn't going to use them as slave labor. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, but you're, you, you know, you're I, one person. You gotta, you gotta think outside I, I the box there. Something. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty smart problem solving. Yeah. It's the kind of problem solving that could be on Bob the Builder. There you go. It's all about problem solving. So now on on uh, on these types of like renovation shows, there's always kind of like a surprise for one of the members of the family, like something where that the like a Bob the Builder or Ty Pennington said, like I went out of my way to do this for you. That's that is a really good point. There is always something like that. What do you think that thing 
Bob would do? What do you think that wow, would be? Wow, so it's already a magical house. Yeah. So my my initial thought was was to Fred and George. They they're interested in their joke shops. They're all what can we do for them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then my second thought was, well, Arthur loves muggle stuff. What could we give him that would be uh you know, a muggle lover would appreciate. So I just thought back to uh an old Bob the Builder episode. Let me let me look up go back to my episode list so I can uh just cite the right episode in case anyone wants to watch it. Uh Rolly gets excited. This is season four, episode one. Rolly gets excited when Bob builds a pond in his favorite rock star's garden. I don't know about the rock star bit. That sounds like it was something in the episode. But Bob builds a pond. Maybe with some fish in it. That might be something Arthur Weasley would appreciate, like a fish pond. And okay. he could kind of walk around his house every day and feed the fish and feel like he's like a muggle. Okay. I guess that's a thing muggles do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like, magic folk, no. Yeah, I mean, you just told me about this idea now, and I had to think of it in like 10 seconds. I, so. I completely I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so so my, my mind immediately went to Arthur as well. So I'm going to do one for Arthur and one for Molly. So I would say Arthur... Uh, Ty Pennington would build him a kind of like a 1950s style uh, garage where oh that's that's cool because his garage looks like a really old like um, like like an airport yeah yeah so he could have his his uh, his Ford Angelia in there and he could work on it and maybe Ty Pennington could find some old style car that's kind of like a beater and just kind of throw in there with some parts and say hey like go at it have fun with it if you want for Molly, I think I would uh, give her because in the books, I'm not just trying to do gender stereotypes, but in the books, like Mrs. Weasley was the, always the one in the kitchen, like she was always making the food for the families. Um, and from the description of the books, I mean, it sounds like she made fantastic food. Like Harry always loved going to the Weasleys because he was always well fed, uh, and she always sent you know foods during Christmas break. So I would just give her like. The, best souped up kitchen that she could possibly have to it to an extent like it wouldn't be like stainless steel appliances or anything like that but make it fit with the style of the home um if she wanted like instead of doing like a gas stove just maybe do like a wood full wood burning stove but just make it look really really nice um a big a big uh basin sink that way she you know can do whatever she has to do and and just give her the the ample space that she needs because I think that was the problem they had originally because you have nine people living in that house and it's just so tight so just give her as much space as she needs in in the place that the books has shown that she really enjoys that's a great idea I think uh I think this would be really interesting to see Ty Pennington working on the the burrow I think uh, Bob the Builder if someone could make a reality show where you like hire a construction firm to build the Weasley's burrow house I'd watch that. That'd be amazing. Like to actually build it? To actually build it. So this kind of seems like, um, did you hear what HGTV did back in the fall with the Brady Bunch house? So the Brady Bunch house that was on the show, like the exterior shots, looked nothing like the interior, obviously, from the the show. It was the soundstage. Like, for example, on the show, the house was a two-story house. In real life, the house was a one-story house. So the house was for sale, and HGTV bought it. And then they did like a six episode series where they turned the entire house into the house from the Brady Bunch. And they actually added a second floor to it and they brought all the kids back and they all helped in the, in the renovation, probably the way Ty Pennington would help in the renovations too, where they just sprayed sweat on themselves and and whatnot. (laughs) But, um, it was really cool. And that kind of got me thinking like, oh man, it would be so cool if 
they were able to buy the place where they shot the office and made it into the office. Yeah, just a just a show where they build fictional locations. Would yeah, be really cool. I think it'd be so cool. That seems like a Netflix show or a Disney Plus show with all of their properties. They would build like the Lars Homestead from Star Wars, or they would build uh, Belle's house from Beauty and the Beast, um, Snow White's cottage from Snow White. This is like a genius idea. It's going to happen. We're going to predict it right now. Disney Plus, it's going to be coming out in 2022. You know, it's 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 down coming down the pipe. So, um, Chris, is there anything you want to add before we start wrapping up? Well, I got some Bob facts for you. Go for the Bob facts. Uh, so, I alluded to him being a general contractor and having his own construction company. So, uh, that is called – where is it? Oh, I lost the name of it. I'll find it when I get to it. So, um, Bob lives – he has a construction yard in Bobsville initially. That's the original location he lives, Bobsville. Not a joke. Uh, well, I guess it's a joke, but like that's the real, <laughs> yeah, that's the real name of it. Uh, later in Sunflower Valley and then now is Fixum Harbor apparently is where Bob works. He's from actually a family of builders. His father's name is Robert. He was also a builder and so was his grandfather, Billy. Um, he has a cat named Pilchard and he's not good with computers. And many of the problems on the show arise from Bob's habit of forgetting to turn on his mobile phone. Oh, Bob. Yep. I wonder if the, in the newer version that's not a problem. Why did you say that? Cause, well, because like in the original show is like 98 to 2001. And like phones were new. Like mobile phones were just you know not really popular as, as much as they were. Because I think the revival I read was in 2015. So that's like the height of like you know uh, smartphones right there. So I'm curious if that was also in the true. Yeah, they can't really too. have him be bad with phones then. No, exactly. I guess they could, but it just wouldn't be as relevant. Yeah, because it's like he's a young guy; he should know how to use a Absolutely. technology. Absolutely, exactly. And if you're a contractor, like whenever you go by a work job, you always see contractors on their phones. <laughs> true. And I thought I had the name of his construction company, but I can't find it. So I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm just gonna leave everyone hanging on that until <laughs> <laughs> next week. Two minutes. I, I will say. It wasn't a very good name. Bob's Builders. It wasn't that, <laughs> but it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, I, got, I have two real quick ones before we head out of here. Uh, one family kicked out their five children once they had a new home completed from this show. Uh, so there was this family. It was in North Carolina, and they kicked out their five adopted children after the family received their dream home. According to the children, dubbed the Fab Five by adoptive parents... Uh, Devonda and James Friday, they were forced back into foster care just a few months after they received their new home. The Fridays denied the charges brought against them. However, the children were never brought back into their home. How can you deny that? Like, the kids weren't there. I know. Do you think they just, like, left on their own? Uh, they, they must have had some reason that they probably told people. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying, you know, they're telling the truth. I'm not saying they're lying. But they probably had some reason where they made it seem like they weren't kicking them out but it seems like they were kicking Ooh, them man. out i would never uh condone violence but i hope someone burned their house down when no one was in there <laughs> yeah that's it's it's really really sad um and then one last thing uh is that so they they just uh rebooted the show and it started in february 2020 not sure how much filming they got done because of everything going on with covid um but the new host of the show is jesse tyler ferguson who is from uh modern family he played Mitchell Pritchett, one of the brothers. And uh, so, like I said, he's the new host. And there is somebody from our area who is a designer on the new show. Uh, she went to uh, Kate May, uh, Lower Kate May Regional High School. 
and she's one of the designers. I think she said it was said she she graduated in '96, so she's uh, she or she graduated high school in 1996, so she's probably in her 30s now. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting that uh, she got to uh, to be on that show. Her name is uh, Carrie Lachlan. Congrats, Carrie. Yeah, so someone from our area is uh, someone who is a designer on, on the new version of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Hopefully, uh, they're not having the same complaints go on as they had with uh, Ty Pink, uh, Pennington, but unfortunately, Hope you're always going to see if have... they learn their lesson. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to see. There's a whole list that you can... They've been sued. ABC was sued. Uh, families resold the homes for profit. Contestants lie to get on the show. A lot of people lost their homes. It's it's really uh, it's really interesting of a show. All the behind the scenes stuff, like you said. So um, yes, that's what we're looking at. So as always, there's going to be a poll in our show notes where you can vote for who you think would win redesigning the Burrow from the Harry Potter franchise. You have Bob the Builder and Ty Pennington. Uh, Chris, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here? One thing. Uh, uh, as of the airing of this episode uh steve will be cooking a brisket oh that's oh yeah right. so yeah. i'm really excited to see how it turns out so we'll report back next episode maybe i can uh i can post some pictures <laughs> yeah. on the podcast yeah definitely want. it's totally unrelated to our podcast but just post the brisket of a brisket so chris has always been into smoking meats uh for a couple years yeah now, it's right? a re- fairly recent so thing, i've got into smoking meats this summer just with everything going on <laughs> or sitting at home what else it's will perfect kill nine yeah. hours um, now you have an actual smoker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've just been converting my grill. It is. Into it is a, a gas. It is a propane smoker. Correct. So some purists might say that's not an actual smoker. Yes, but and I, I, and, I, and I mean nothing against purists out there. I respect the art form. I am just doing the best I can with what I have. Same. So I've smoked ribs. They've come out really good. I've smoked pulled pork. They I thought they came out really good. So like brisket, you've always said is like the cream of the crop of of barbecue. Yeah, it is. So. It is both difficult and very delicious if you get it right. So yeah, we'll report back in uh, in our next episode. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the brisket tastes. I hope it tastes well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so please, as always, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website www.whowouldwincast.com. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts, and please continue to participate in our show for the Who Would Win Cast. This has been Steve, and this has been Chris, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.